You're listening to the Coaching Matrix Private Podcast. All right, welcome to day two of Quantum Play. So we started a big conversation, a big context of how to interact with the energetic quantum field, the things that are happening beyond our our human awareness. We talked about how we're going to navigate the human and all our fears and our doubts and our uncertainty with this idea that everything that we want exists, at least on some in some form, whether it's seen or unseen, um, whether you want to call it spiritual energy, whatever, it exists somewhere because like, I really love this book. It's called Big Magic by Liz Gilbert. And she talks about this idea of like, ideas have intelligence and they like tap us on the shoulder and they're like, Hey, do you want to partner with me to like make a book or become a coach or, you know, do do this painting, whatever. And we have our sovereign right to say, no, we don't have to say yes. When we get ideas, we don't have to do the things that we desire, but it is an opportunity. And a lot of times when we get that tap on the shoulder, like, Hey, do this. The human is the one that responds. The human is the one that has the fears and the doubts and the ego. We're going to talk a little bit about ego today and how it gets in the way. Um, And so as I was thinking, like, how can I help like kind of detach from ego, but also talk about ego in kind of like a funny way? Um, Because sometimes I think the ego loves to be serious, (laughs) right? Which means the ego gets to stick around. And so part of our work is to witness the ego without being serious, because that's just more ego. And um, the idea that came to me was like gamify things. How can we gamify um, this whole experience? And so I'm going to tell you a story. When I was like, I can't even remember, in grade school and I was reading Harry Potter. You guys remember Harry Potter? (laughs) It's still one of my favorite books. Me and my sisters got super into um, this Harry Potter video game. And it was like an old computer game, like up, down, you know, like there was no video games. It was just like on this old computer and the graphics were awful and it was choppy and everything, but we loved playing it. And there's this one hallway in Hogwarts. So the, the thing that I'm remembering was in Hogwarts, if you know, if you're nerdy, love Harry Potter. Um, I feel like most people, even if you're not super nerdy, like, you know, Harry Potter, you know, Hogwarts. So there's this part of this game and it always stressed me out. Like my little 10 year old self, every time we got to it, I remember being like, okay, okay. Like I would like breathe heavy. Like it was a real experience for me. You know what I mean? And part of this process was like, you had to like jump to rocks or something and use spells at the same time. I can't really remember all the details, but I remember feeling the stress in my body, even though it was a game. And what's funny is, is I would play this game over and over again. Like I loved it, even though every time I got to this hallway, it stressed me out. And then I was thinking about this as I was like putting these, these stories together. Cause like, why did I love playing that game? If I also got stressed, you know? And what I realized is there was like a different experience because I didn't have ego in that fear, right? I wasn't worried if people were going to witness me fail. I wasn't worried if, you know, people were going to think I wasn't good enough or that who am I to be in this industry? Who am I to be playing Harry Potter, right? Like I didn't have those thoughts. It was just fear because I didn't want to lose. It was fear because it felt really intense, but there was no ego in that game. But when we get into our businesses and our life work, we bring ego because where it's more public and it's also more personal, right? If I lose that Harry Potter, I get to restart. No one has to know. It's kind of secret in my little kitchen <laughs> and it's fun. 
and it doesn't mean anything about me. The reason that fear takes on such a heavy burden on us as we're trying to bring something into the world is because we attach ego into our fear. So when we imagine failing, when we imagine something going wrong in the pure potentiality, right? We're imagining something cool and we're like, oh, like what if, because the what if, right? It, it, it creates a split. What if it succeeds? What if it fails? When we dive into the what if it fails and we attach ego there, all of a sudden that takes on a whole new meaning. What if I fail and my grandma calls me out publicly on Facebook? I used to have that fear. What if I fail and the people I used to, I'm just speaking for me, you guys have your own stuff, right? What if I fail and the group that I started my master's program with about when I was going to be a therapist, like they're like, see, like coaching isn't real. What if I fail and my classmates, like this is one that I worked on just a few weeks ago with someone who just graduated from um, a coaching school. What if my classmates watch me launch this thing and then no one signs up and they ask me how it goes. And then I'm like, uh, no one signed up, right? The only reason that that feels heavy is because of the ego, right? It's just a result. Who, who freaking cares? Except our ego really cares, right? Because the ego cares about hierarchy and superiority and inferiority and the order of things. And so this is where it gets tricky. And this is why we have to navigate the human so well, because that's where the, the ego is, is in the human, right? The, the ego isn't in the quantum field, the pure potentiality, it doesn't care. Ego is with the human. How will people perceive me? What if my, the concept that I've demonstrated to the world isn't what people actually think I am? And this actually, I have another story. Um, I launched a program a couple years ago and I had one person sign up and I had been business coaching for a couple of years and I hadn't had a, I hadn't had a flop <laughs> like that in a long time. Well, guess who was experiencing the fear the worst, right? Like it wasn't like my higher self. It was my ego that was like, how could you be a business coach and have one person sign up? Whatever. All the chatter, right? Our chatter is usually the ego because I had to protect my image. And so often we're afraid to act on these big ideas, the desires. I gave you homework last time to like think about and explore what you want. The only person person, the only facet of you, the only aspect of you that's going to feel that almost like that feeling if you want to throw up, you know, what I'm talking about shame, humiliation that comes from the person that you've been showing the world, which is the ego, who you really are can never be hurt because you know that you're loved, you're okay, failure's human, like it's, it's a universal experience. I don't know a human who hasn't failed at something. And if we got in a room, I think the internet makes things kind of weird too. If we got in a room and talked with each other, heart to heart, no, no ego, it's just heart to heart. We'd share our, the depth of our souls. You know what I mean? We'd share our fears. We'd share our struggles. It wouldn't really matter if we got down to it. And so to me, gamifying this whole thing has been really helpful because it's like, I'm just playing a game. In fact, when my sister, I got on a, um, a call with my sister once, cause she's like, I want to know what you do. I want, I want to like, know what you do. You know, I see you on the internet. Like, I'm kind of curious that, could you coach me? And I was like, I don't know if I'll coach you, but I could try to like show you what I do and, and try to like talk about it. And so we got on this zoom call. I made her like schedule a zoom call with me and everything. And one of the things that I said, I was like, I see life like a video game and we get really serious about our life. And that causes suffering when we gamify everything and there's no ego. It's just for fun. It's just to see what we're capable of. It's just to play. Everything becomes, I want to say easy, but 
easier, right? It's not always easy because sometimes we get sucked into the human, right? We're like, my ego really cares about this. I really want to look good. I really want it to work because I don't want to be less than, but I don't want to be too good because then they might judge me there too. I just want to be like kind of successful right in the middle, doing good. But like no one's judging me. That's how I, that's where I want it. But if they are judging me, I want to be good judgment. <laughs> that's the ego, right? And when we gamify everything, we get to this place where it's like, what do I want to do? If it doesn't really matter, if I know that people might judge me, but like, it can't hurt me and I can navigate my human along the way, what do I want to do? And so I hope you spent time there because most people don't. And most people know what they don't want. I want you to spend time with thinking about imagining what you do want because it's kind of like um, the video game Sims. I'm like having all these video game references. Do you guys remember the game Sims? <laughs> Where like you'd like build a little house and you'd meet your friends and stuff. It's not like you got logged into Sims and you're like, okay, like I got to go to work. Like I got to go to the grocery store. I got to meet so-and-so. It didn't feel that way because it wasn't us, right? It was outside of us. There was no ego involved. That's how I like to think about business and life. It's like, what do I want to do? What do I want to create? Do I want to use my little coding on my computer to build a log cabin? Do I want to, you know, build a car? <laughs> This is what's available when we like deperson depersonalize everything, right? It's just like me playing a game. And so the problem is, is that this is real life. We have real people. This is our real, if, if, some, if like something happened to my finances, like my house could disappear, right? Like that's where our brain goes. And we're going to talk about our, our fears and really going there to know what's existing subconsciously. Because the, the problem is, is like, Consciously, we know our ego is trying to protect us. It's kind of cute, trying to keep us in order and everything, trying to keep us safe. But then there's real fear behind that. And usually the ego likes to protect that because it's like, we're not going to go there. We're not going to really see what's beyond this like little fears. Like, you know what I mean? There's like the fears of being judged, the fear of failing. And then there's like the fear of death, the fear of really not being good enough. You know what I mean? Deep core beliefs that are really scary, like a dark pit, right? <laughs> and so we can try to cover that up. We can try to, you know, look at the ego. We can try to gamify all this. But at our core, we have some core beliefs that are really scary. And so, and to me, that's the human. That's like navigating the human. So it's like, yeah, it's great to think about the possibility of making 100K in a month. That's super fun to think about. But like, I actually have a core belief that people abandon me. So it won't matter if I make 100K, I have this deep seated wound, right? And so this is where like doing this work and, and really healing and witnessing our worthiness and witnessing what we're capable of honoring the higher self more than the fears because the fears aren't real. That's another thing we're gonna talk about in this call. The fears are not real, but they're th it doesn't mean that we don't experience them as real when we believe them. And so part of our work I sent you in the, the follow-up call from last, um, last week, I mean, Abraham Hicks emotional scale. A lot of our fear lives at the bottom of that scale, you know, shame, despair, the big one, powerlessness, right? Being powerless in our lives. All of those feel very real when we're believing thoughts that would put us at that emotional level, right? And so I'm thinking of like, I mean, in entrepreneurship, let's say the very worst, the very worst your business fails and you have to declare bankruptcy for your business. That's what most people fear the most, right? To me, that would be powerlessness. 
But the only thing that would actually lead me to powerlessness is if I stayed there and stopped taking action to create my business. Do you see what I mean? And so it's when we believe the thoughts that create that fear that we end up, that the circumstances end up mirroring back to us our thoughts and our feelings. And so the work is not to stay there, not to believe that this is the ultimate reality, that we create our reality. This is a game. We have to remind our human that sometimes like, okay, like, whew, I'm taking it very seriously. What's going to serve me? What's a better, we're going to talk about, actually, I kind of skipped ahead. We're going to talk about thought feelings because what's a better feeling thought is a very, very powerful game to play with yourself all day long. And so there's thoughts, right? That buzz through our head. We have like 64,000 of them or whatever the statistic is. But then there's those thoughts that make you want to throw up or there's those thoughts that make you want to dance or hug someone or call your mom and share <laughs> or post on social media. There's thoughts that make you want to cry. There's thoughts that make you want to post on Instagram. We're interested in the thoughts that are associated with a, a real feeling in your body. Those are the ones we want to pay attention to um, because they are, have the most intelligence and communication for us moment to moment. Part of our work is to get so present to what's going on with us during the game that we know which direction we're trending. If you think of this scale, we're either trending in a negative direction or we're trending in a positive upward spiral. Obviously, we want the upward spiral, but we can only be aware of that if we know where we're at, right? And part of the, the catch-22 is that when we notice we're on the lower end of the, of the emotional scale, it could be easy to judge that like something's wrong and especially like I don't know if you guys are like me but when I grew up there were certain emotions that were okay for my family and there were certain emotions that were not that quickly I had to stuff down right and what's funny about stuffing down or judging an emotion is like it sticks around <laughs> you know what I mean instead of feeling the vibration through and then starting to trend up it's like it, it just like freezes it like shame or humiliation right just freeze it in my body. Like, okay, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not going to show it. I'm just going to stuff it down and stay here and hide in my room or not talk to anyone. I'm going to internalize it. And then I don't get to move through it. And so what that, um, it shows up differently for everyone. But I think part of the key is to become non, like it's truly just the compassionate or the gentle observer, the compassionate witness. There's lots of ways that this is described, but this is why it's so important is because our work, if we want to reach for better feeling thoughts all the time to spiral upward, to play the game better, we can't judge when we're in a negative spiral. When we, when we are feeling despair or distraught, it's not going to serve you to get out of that as quickly as possible. All that you need to do is remember that you can change, you can start to spiral up. It doesn't mean that you have to jump from despair to bliss doesn't mean you have to jump from powerlessness to ecstasy, right? It's just, I'm going to start spiraling up and I'm going to trust that it, I will move up over time. Um, and the way that I like to think of this is just reaching for that next best thought feeling. And what's interesting, if you study law of attraction, there's thoughts that are available to you when you're in a certain state of mind. This is why it's so hard to grasp positive thoughts when you're feeling despair or powerlessness. It's literally not available to you. So faking it until you make it doesn't work because those thoughts aren't even real to you. It's like, it's just, a, it, it like does not resonate. It'll be out of your awareness. You can't really grip onto it. It's like, well, it could, you know, you have an amazing husband or whatever. Like, okay, like my business is really failing. I'm feeling really powerlessness. Well, at least my kids are healthy, right? Like we try to like 
amp ourselves up with gratitude. That's like some, one of the tools that I know I've noticed. It's, it's the right idea, but we have to be really honest with ourselves about what works and what doesn't in the moment. So to me, this is why presence is such an important practice. Um, because when you're in the moment feeling all the feelings, because your human is going to have feelings, the secret is to not judge it when it's there. It's to get present to it. It's like, oh, like the, my internal dialogue now is like, oh, it's so interesting that you're feeling humiliated that you have to reschedule your call today. Interesting. Like, it's almost like the human is feeling humiliation. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's observing. It's like, oh, like, Amber, you're feeling humiliation or you're feeling shame. That's okay. Like, let's look at it. And, not, and in that non-judgmental place, we get cracked open into opportunity to start the spiral upward. And I'm going to kind of walk you through what that can look like. So the first time that I learned this skill, I guess, I woke up, you know how um, some days I actually had one of those mornings this morning. I woke up, I had been waking up all night with my girls. I was really tired and they were cranky when we got up in the morning and then I'm getting them chocolate milk for breakfast and then I spill the milk. You know, you know what I mean? It just like starts to layer. It's because those are the thoughts, those are the actions that are available in my field right there because I'm in that lower, I was kind of bitter. I'm trying to think of how I felt in the morning. Kind of like fr frustrated was the word that I would describe. I was frustrated at the night, frustrated that, you know, I didn't wake up in my, as my normal happy self and my girls were really, you know, whiny because they weren't feeling good, things like that. And then I started kind of the downward spiral because I didn't get present to what I was feeling. I immediately tried to jump into like, okay, like, let's do it. But it was still there. My frustration was still there. And so I had a moment because my six-year-old likes to look at me and tell me the truth in the moment. She's like, mom, you are rushing <laughs> when I spilled the milk this morning. And like, in that moment, I was like, okay, like, don't lash out. Don't say anything back to her. Like, take a breath. Right. And so I was just like, okay. And I got present in that moment. And I was like, I was playing the game, right? I didn't, I wasn't in my ego. I was just there. I was really there. I was like, you're right, Tegan. I am rushing. Mama's rushing right now. Sorry about that. And then I was like, do you want to help me clean up the milk? And she's like, sure. <laughs> you know, kids are kids and they don't really care. And so we're cleaning up the milk because it was all over the place. Like it, the way I spilled it just like splattered on, on my floor and stuff. And the more present I got, the more thoughts were available to me to see the spiral upward. Instead of judging, instead of being like, spill the milk, now my kid's yelling at me about being in a rush, you know, like it, I could have eased, I had that moment. I always see every present moment is an opportunity to spiral. I can either spiral up or I can spiral down. What do I want to choose in this moment? And so I just, I had to take a breath. I got present without judgment. It's just like, okay, I'm here. I am frustrated. That's okay. What do I want to do from this point? Well, I can invite, you know, like some interaction, whatever. And from that time, just little by little, um, we got dressed. I got a, on the email and let everyone know that, you know, my kids were sick. And anyway, we started to have a decent day. We ended up going for a drive up the canyon by the end of it, singing songs. <laughs> It didn't happen over in like an instant. It happened over hours, right? But that's what our days are about. And what's cool is sometimes you're going to find that you wake up on the upper side of the spiral and you're like, I feel great. <laughs> what do I want to do with this? This is awesome. And then other times you're going to be like neutral. And it's like, hmm, what's another feeling thought that I could reach in this moment that would make me spiral up? That's the game to me. 
Because when we're in that higher level of emotional state and higher levels of thoughts are available to us, that's a great time to create, right? And this is where I see entrepreneurship, like people get rushed because they're in despair, right? Like this is what happens. We're in despair. We look at our bank account or we look at our Instagram with no one asking us to hire us for coaching or, you know, whatever. We check our email for the 18th time today, waiting for, you know, someone booked a consult with you or whatever it is. I've been there. I'm speaking from like so much love and compassion because I've been there. And then we're like, okay, like I feel awful about my business. I better post on Instagram. I better, you know, do something. And we can witness like that's not the best place to create from. But we do this sometimes when we're not present. And that's why it's so important to practice presence. And so I, what I want to offer as a tool is just before you take action, ask yourself, what emotional state am I in right now? Am I afraid that someone is going to not hire me? Or am I excited to share this powerful thought because it's going to change someone's life, right? That would be a way better place to post from, for example. Um, and just checking in with yourself is going to give you a lot of intelligence about what's going on with you. There's one, hmm, there's one caveat to this conversation, and I'm going to talk about it in the terms of certainty and uncertainty. Because some of us really like certainty and we put it at the top, right? And uncertainty at the bottom. And what I want to offer is that uncertainty could be replaced with excitement. Um, a lot of us feel uncertainty in our business, but we make that fear, which would be at the lower end. And so this is where we get to play with interpretations and meanings, kind of like we did with the ego, right? Like the video game versus real life. Like, what does this actually mean? When we feel uncertainty, it can be easy to feel like that is something's wrong. Or like, I see this a lot when people are about to hire, like we're in a consultation for one-on-one -on -one and they're nervous, you know, they're nervous at the investment, they're nervous at the level of commitment that I require, they're nervous about what's next or whatever. And one of the things that I know is that when we feel fear, uncertainty with fear, we don't create our highest level. When we feel uncertainty with excitement and like, ooh, I don't know what's possible. That's kind of fun. It's a totally different experience. And yet, it's kind of like the same frequency. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what's going to happen. And so I'm going to kind of revisit the conversation that we started last time with the predictability, possibility, potentiality, because in predictability, it's total certainty, right? And there's some things in our life that we want total certainty about, right? I don't want to have any uncertainty about my kids being okay. None. I want no uncertainty there. I want no uncertainty. <laughs> I like do not want to experience it like with my marriage, right? Like, I don't want to be like, is, is my husband like he cheating on me at work? Like, is he, is he going to come home today? Like, that's not what I'm available for. Right. And so there are places in our life where we want total predictability. Am I going to have food in the fridge tomorrow? I sure hope so. <laughs> right. Like we want to know that's the human and there's a very appropriate places for that. And some people run their business in total predictability, right? If I spend Da, 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 and we could kind of track the predictability, but you don't join a program like this because you want what's predictable. You want something that's possible. And so we have to release our definitions of uncertainty and certainty because uncertain, or I mean, uncertainty, fear, uncertainty, excitement, because they, ex we experience that very differently. And a lot of times in our business, when we are experiencing uncertainty, we immediately make it fear. But what if it was excitement? 
And that, that frequency, even though it's really similar, like it feels like a totally different experience, right? Like I remember there's like a roller coaster um, in, I can't, I think Hollywood Studios. I was just there with my sisters. Um, and there's like, it's like the rock and roll coaster. Have you guys been to Disney World? <laughs> anyway, you sit, you sit in this little roller coaster and it's like, you don't know when it's going to take off. And I felt uncertainty, but it was excited uncertainty. It was like, oh, oh, like, I don't know where it's going to go. You know what I mean? Like, it's a totally different experience. And then like, it feels like fear in my body, but the way I experience is desired. I wanted it. That's available for possibility of potentiality in business. And so I think it's important to understand those differences and to also have rhythms, routines, rituals, consistencies, whatever, that allows you to feel predictability as well, to feel that certainty, right? Maybe it helps you feel certain to have a post, like you post every day on Instagram, it's just what you do, it makes you feel certain. I know for me, I, there was a time in my business that that's what helped me feel like my marketing was certain. It felt good, felt stable. Um, maybe it's like you have, you have a referral system and that feels really good to you so that you know there's people that are at least signing up to have a consult with you because you have clients that are referring you. I don't know what it is. I'm just throwing out ideas that came to me because I like to play in both. And that's what's cool is, in fact, I wrote this, this was a big one. I wrote it like, you can hop between the three planes. And for me, when I was preparing for this call, I was like, yes, <laughs> for me, me, like I said, I feel like I'm leading this conversation for us together because it's not like you're always just in possibility and total uncertainty, trying to make it excitement, feel a little fear, trying to stay in excitement. <sighs> like our nervous system will shatter, right? it, it's too much for a human. And so what I like to do in specifically with my business is have kind of like a rhythm and an ebb and flow of going between predictability, potentiality, possibility. For me that like, I get a lot of predictability from the matrix because it's a lower ticket group program. Um, with recurring revenue, that feels really nice. My one-on-one -on -one exists more in the land of possibility and potentiality because I don't necessarily know where my one-on-ones are coming from and I'm good with that, but I can hop between both. And so it's something to play with in your own business. Where can you get the feelings of total certainty and predictability? And where have you already experienced that? Because I bet you've already experienced that in some ways in your business. And now I want you to also shine a light on where have you gotten predictability and certainty by not taking action? Because that's the other hmm, like dark, like dark shadow side of this, right? A lot of us can get certainty because we're like, well, I knew I wasn't going to post and I knew I wasn't going to sign a client so I can be right. Well, I knew it wasn't going to work out. So I might as well not work super hard and not really market and not really share my heart because I knew it wasn't going to work out. So I, I've been right. And that's certainty. And that's where people kind of shoot themselves in the foot, you know, because, yeah, you get the certainty, but you don't get the results that you want. And I did this for a lot of my life. And, and this is where um, I think a lot of women don't want to be disappointed. So we'd rather be certain that we're not going to be disappointed. And so we're going to stick with what we have. And that's fine, except that there's something that you want to create, right? If you're being really honest with yourself, if you're on a call like this, there's something that you want in the future that you don't have. And so for me, like um, the way that this showed up, just to use another example to kind of paint the picture, like in sports, I, I think I've used this before. Like I would give like 80% effort so that I can be certain that I wouldn't get 
emotionally hurt if we lost the game because I had that like reserve, like, well, I didn't give a hundred percent and we lost. So like, you know, it's hard to tell if we would have won, maybe, maybe if I gave a hundred percent, we could have won. It was like totally protecting my ego, you know, well, I only gave 80%. And in business, this is also my default. I notice myself kind of retracting so that I don't give my all and still fail. Cause then that's, that's very damaging to my ego, <laughs> right? Then what does that mean? Then we have a whole new thing to explore. Um, but in business, this shows up lots of ways, you know, pulling the plug before your launch is over. I, I think that that's probably the most common. Um, maybe you have this new brand or new product or new offer and you're like, okay, like I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. It's real, it feels really scary, but I'm going to do it. And then you start talking about it. And then like a few days in, or even an hour in, so like I've been there. That's why I'm saying it. Cause it's funny what our brains do no one cares. <laughs> Your brain's like, it's a failure. You should stop now. You don't have to do this. Like just back out now. Like before it's before you've put too much effort in, let's just call it good. And what we don't know is that what we're doing is engaging in certainty, right? It's better to quit ahead of time than to give our all and fail. And we rob ourselves of the lessons that come from failure because life is a sequence. That was another context that we talked about. Sometimes you need the failure for the ongoing sequence of future success. But because you wanted certainty, you never get to explore that and, and achieve that possibility. And so for a lot of us, our, our work really is to navigate the human where we witness the fears and the doubt and the spiral downward and we get present to it. We don't make it mean anything, but we also don't make decisions when we're spiraling downward. We have our own back on what we decided and committed to like a launch or sharing your offer for the first time or whatever it is, right? Sometimes I think it can feel like the right thing to do because certainty feels good, especially in the paradigm of the world right now. Most people engage in certainty and predictability, going to a job, nine to five, Monday through Friday, a consistent paycheck with retirement pulled out, right? That's like the predictability paradigm. And then you engage in entrepreneurship where that's not the paradigm, <laughs> everything's different. Um, you don't get rewarded for your time at all, right? You don't, you don't get paid based on how much you work. There's no, there's nothing like that in our world when you're an entrepreneur or a business owner. And so you have to think differently and you also have to experience different emotions like uncertainty. And so what I want to, I guess, encourage you to do one is don't pull the plug. It's so easy to pull the plug. Um, I remember the first time I launched this program called Coach on Fire. It was the first, my first like big group program. I don't think anyone on this call was following me back then, unless you were. I don't, I don't think you were. This is a few years ago. And um, I remember I was, I was visiting my parents actually at the time. And I remember sitting in their basement wanting to pull the plug because I had felt the vulnerability hangover of launching my first program. I had no one signing up yet. Um, and it was like, I think I gave myself like four days to launch it or something like that. And, um, I remember talking about it on Instagram and emailing and I was doing what I was taught. So I was emailing a lot and I was looking at all the, you know, the stuff I was looking at all the, the statistics and I was like, it's not working. I had that thought, just a thought, right? Not real, <laughs> but I had the thought it's not working. Like no one's signing up. I should just quit. That was my, like, my brain was like, just, just stop talking about it. Just stop. No, no. 
no one's buying it anyway. Right. My thought, my, my brain was just like, okay, like let's go back to certainty. You don't want to play in possibility or potentiality. Like that's way too scary. Right. And I remember like sitting in my parents, like, I just remember the stairs, like it was kind of dark because it was in the basement. I was just like, okay, no, no, I'm going to finish this out. I'm going to finish this out. Like I'm going to, I'm going to do what I said I was going to do and I can hold failure um, because everyone fails on their path. Like literally this is the way. So even if I get no one, I'm going to learn a lot and I'm going to have my own back on this. And I had two more days, which is so funny because I had two more days. My brain was like, just cut it now. <laughs> no one will know. It would have been so much easier just to disappear, right? Like I posted about a few things and then just disappeared. No one knows. But I decided to keep going strong and keep talking about my offer as consistently as I knew I needed to. And I ended up getting four people to sign up at the last day. What if I had pulled the plug two days before? I would have never known what it actually took to have a successful launch. I would have never known what I was capable of, what personal power means. Because personal power to me, there's a lot of, we're, we're going to go into personal power later in this program, but to me, personal power is choosing to be, be my word and to be my commitment, no matter what my emotions are saying. After I've given my word, I have a choice, right? Sitting in that basement, I was conflicted because it was like the ego wanted to hide and stop, but my higher self like really knew this was gonna be good. I didn't know what the outcome was gonna be, but I knew it was good for me to be refined into the entrepreneur that I wanted to be. And to me, that's what potentiality and playing and possibility means is like, I'm the kind of person that can handle that. You guys are, it's the same. You guys are the kind of person that can handle that. Now, your ego might not want you to believe that because it has to be challenged, right? Like you have to put yourself out publicly. You have to risk failure. You have to walk with judgment, both heard and imagined, um, you have to take on a new identity. Maybe you've worked your whole life and now you're trying to be an entrepreneur, like, like that. Take, talk about conflict within ourselves, right? Who are we? What am, like, what am I doing? And so our work really is to walk through our decisions, which is why I asked you to decide what you wanted. That was a decision. It's not like floating in the sky written somewhere, Amber, you want a castle, and you know what I mean? Like that's, it doesn't exist out there. It's just a decision that my, that I get to make. And the more we flex those muscles, the more we learn to have our back and keep honoring the decisions and commitments that we make. To me, that makes you untouchable or unshakable in the, the planes of potentiality and possibility. Um, because we lean, are leaning more into the excitement than the fear. Not that the fear doesn't exist. In fact, I think that there's a lot of intelligence in fear when we witness it without the ego, right? When we don't make fear mean anything, we can just witness it. Like, okay, what are you afraid of happening? Like if I were to go back on that coach on fire launch and I asked my fear, what are you afraid of? I'm afraid no one's gonna buy. Okay, what are you making it mean if no one buys? That I am not ready to be a business coach. That's what I would have made it mean back then. Is that true that you're not right? right? Like you can start to question your thoughts. Is it true that you're not ready to be a business coach? You've been business coaching one-on-one -on -one clients for six months. That's true. Okay, then I can't do a group. How do you know you've never done a group? Well, that's what I'm trying to do, but no one's buying, right? Like we can start to see the deception and the, and the illusions and the, the thoughts that are just yucky and, and trying to keep you in certainty when you're trying to create a possibility. And when you can witness that, you take your power back because it's like, oh, this is a game. I just have to keep going. 
I'm not going to make it mean anything if people sign up. If the people do sign up, I'm going to celebrate and take what I learned and use it again in the future. And if I don't get anyone to sign up, I'm going to learn from that too and take it into the future because this is a sequence of unfolding events. Like I think about that Harry Potter game that I was telling you about um, that I played. Every time I came to that hallway, it was another sequence. Like I got better. I like remembered when the stone would pull out or when I needed to do a curse, <laughs> whatever, right? Like I got better and I needed each time I went to that hallway, every time I was playing Harry Potter, like I needed each piece to get to the place where I could get all the way through in one shot. To me, that's what entrepreneurship is. Every failure is literally teaching you and giving you the codes and the systems and the insight and the wisdom to have that sequence where you're like, I just had the biggest month of my life. I just got fully booked. I just got to raise my, double my prices or whatever it is that you want, right? We are creating that sequence and it, it exists. It does. In the quantum field, it's already done. It's already done. Your human is the learning to navigate that reality. And sometimes you need pieces that are missing. And I know that's true because if you didn't have any missing pieces, you would have what you wanted. Except when we look to fill those missing pieces, we don't want the circumstances that are going to give us the missing pieces. You know what I mean? And so who do you want to be in that time? That's like, to me, the be do have model really teaches that principle, right? If I want to have, like, we can go back to any launch or whatever. If I want to have this successful business, who do I need to be? It's funny because when we do that conceptually or like for another person, when it's not us, when there's no ego, we can witness like, I want to be um, certain with myself. I want to be resilient. I want to be committed. I want to be um, grateful under any circumstance. I want to be um, a powerful leader, right? And then we get given circumstances that will help us refine those very characteristics and we have a choice to make. We can either embrace them and use them to develop the person that we're supposed to be, or we can quit. Like I told you about the basement, right? Like I had an opportunity to quit and you guys, every day we have opportunities to quit. We do. And what's, what's sneaky is that they're going to seem very logical. I started my business and you guys might have this, a very similar story where there's people, a kind of like a, a peer group, I guess, with me, um, that we were doing similar things. We were charging similar prices um like had you know just like kind of newbies together and there's four of us that I remember like we would kind of like dm each other and share wins and cheer each other on and stuff and I'm the only one from that peer group who's still like actively doing things and I know it's because I chose to keep going when I could have given up I, I I had the wisdom at least to see it was a sequence that I could choose to pull myself pull the plug, come out of the sequence, and I never get to know what's on the other side, or I can continue to see what the sequence will bring me. Because as the human, we experience linear time, right? In the quantum field, that all exists. And that, that's what, to me, this is where faith comes in, right? In the quantum field, I was always going to be teaching this lesson today. Even the little Amber back then, the baby entrepreneur Amber who did the Coach on Fire launch and almost pulled the plug, this reality existed for me. And I could have faith that this existed, that there was another side and I could keep going despite even this, it wasn't this launch that was going to dictate what my future was. This was just an unfolding sequence and a part of the plan, right? 
but I could have faith in the future that I wanted. To me, so that this is like that dichotomy of uncertainty and certainty. I can choose certainty for myself while I'm experiencing uncertainty in my circumstances. That's a game. That's, that's an inner game. And I think that most entrepreneurs, they want to rearrange the circumstances for certainty, but they're not willing to do the inner work to have the inner certainty. If you can have the inner certainty, it won't matter what circumstances you bump into because you know who you, you are and what you're capable of and that you'll never give up. Most of the people, like I'm looking at you guys right now and I'm thinking of the people who are probably watching this replay. <laughs> you have a sense that you're like here until it works. And you, you can delay it, right? With inaction, you can delay the sequence. I've done that where you're like, yeah, I'll do that in like six months. Okay, like I'll raise my prices in like, you know, next year. <laughs> um, or I'll hire that person in, in a year. I'll join that group, you know, whatever. If we do that, because we know it's inevitable, but we like push it out into the future because it's safer. It's certain, we get that certainty back. Like, okay, like that, I'll deal with that uncertainty in the future. But I think if you're joining a program like this, if you like are investing in yourself and you have a big vision, like you're here until it works. And what's cool is, is you can embody that, that certainty within yourself, just like no matter what, you can always come back to that. It's like your home, your emotional home. Um, this is refined, this is practiced. This isn't just something you have, right? Um, I was the kind of athlete to, cause I talked about basketball, I'll share another basketball story. I'm not proud to admit this, but um, I was the kind of athlete that like, I was hoping that I would get injured if we were losing because I didn't want the shame of losing at my best. You know what I mean? I would hope that I would like, like roll my ankle or get taken out. And if I did like get into a bump, like I was kind of out, my coach called me out on it. She was like this big, tall black woman. She was awesome. Her name was Agosta Obiza Mamwan. <laughs> and I still love her and we still talk. Um, and she called me Smalls. She's like, Smalls, like you could be bleeding and still play this game. I, I will never forget her saying this. And I remember this is like my senior year. I was almost done playing for her. And like, I remember that moment where I realized like I wanted the ego out, right? I wanted, well, I couldn't finish the game because I hurt myself, right? Pull the plug instead of really giving it my all. And what's cool is if you give it your all for a number of sequences, it will work. Like I, I promise it will. Are you willing to withstand the linear time of our human to get to that potentiality? That's the game. Um, and there's lots of ways to do this. I do have some tools that I'm gonna take the time that I wanted to share. Um, one of them, and this is something that you've probably heard in different contexts, but now you get to hear it in different contexts, is that you don't need to do anything. Sometimes we have resistance to thing, doing things. Like I, if I use the basketball analogy, like it felt like I had to play the game. It felt like I had to, um, had to show up, right? Like the 80%, like, well, I have to be here. But if I really got present to what was going on and remembered my, my, my sovereignty, my agency, my ability to choose I wanted to be in that game, but I wasn't tapped into that reality. You know what I mean? All entrepreneurs want to be here, but we forget that. It feels like a need. It feels like we have to show up. We have to post on Instagram. We have to charge this much. We have to blah, 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 right? No one's making you be here. And then when we, when we go back to that truth, like I want to be here, doesn't it feel so much better? Like, even if, if you think about a, a failed launch, it's like, I want this. 
there's a lot of power there. Like I even want to fail because I'm getting the lessons. This is part of my, part of the history in the making. This is part of my unfolding story. This is what I'm going to tell people one day. Right. And I think about like the great people like Tony Robbins, like he doesn't get on the stage and he's like, you know, it was really easy for me. I just kind of like showed up and made millions of dollars and didn't really have to struggle. No, like he went through a lot in his life because he understood the sequence that he was living. He knew where he was going and he knew there was things that had to happen until he got there. Same for us. It's not going to be this like, got it. (laughs) Not that ease and excitement and joy isn't a part of our experience along the way. It's just, it's not going to be this like instantaneous enlightenment cash falling from the sky. (laughs) As much as we don't like that, I think. Um, and so you like just reminding yourself, you don't need to do anything, anything. I remember even in my parenting, I had this like moment where I was like, I don't need to take care of my kids. I really don't. No one's going to shoot me if I don't, they might take my kids away eventually, but no one's going to take away my agency to choose this. Right. And when I realized that I became such a more, like a way more powerful mom. When my kids ask for a snack for the 15th time or they wake up in the middle of the night, I just have a silent remembrance. Like I want this and my experience is totally different. And so when I go to post on Instagram, like this was the game that I played with myself when I was just trying to get in the habit of like creating content. I want this. I want, I want to create this. I really do. I'm a little nervous, but I do want this. No one's making me do this. I have my agency to choose. And I think that that's a really powerful thing to tap into when you feel stuck or when you feel afraid is I want to be here. The next thing, um, the truth that I want to, I guess, share is like, you already have everything that you need in your field right now. Nothing exists outside of you. There's nothing to get out there that will make you more worthy or capable or ready to create the results that you want. This was huge, I think, for every entrepreneur on their journey is like really witnessing that the power is in you. It's more important to be resourceful than to have resources. And that will get like, to me, that was like the first year of my business that helped me go far because I didn't need the website or the marketing even know-how. I just knew that I had it in me to create relationships and to tell people what I did and to make connections and to make an offer just to tell people what I do. Um, and I had free resources like Instagram or my email, right? Like we have resources being resourceful and using them is a totally different ball game. Well, can you say that again? You don't need resources. You need to be resourceful. That one. Um, because this is part of the quantum experience too. And there's, it's more than just like a mindset thing. When you appreciate what you have, what you have becomes enough. You know what I mean? And I learned this. Um, I don't know if you guys listen. I dropped a podcast today about um, a change of heart. And I talked about the story about my Yukon and um, it used to like make all these noises and stuff. <laughs> and this is what we could afford at the time. And we weren't going to buy a new one. My business, I was pouring all of, all of my money back into my business at the time. And I was good with that. And um, I learned to appreciate it. And actually it makes me kind of emotional because like I remember doing the inner work to get to the place where I wasn't embarrassed about my car, you know, um, as a business coach, I had made six figures too. And I was still driving the speed up Yukon because I believed where I was going so much that I was like investing in a website, investing in my own coaching, investing in like programs and courses and all sorts of stuff, you know? And, um, 
I remember feeling shame at first, but then doing the inner work to get to the place of deep sufficiency that this car took me where I needed to go. Deep sufficiency that it protected my babies, that I could go out to the mountains with my family. Yes, it made weird noises. Yes, the seats were ripped. I was always embarrassed when people got in my car because there was like a huge rip on the passenger side, you know? And the sunroof would always come down. I rem- I'm remembering this. It's so funny. Like the passenger or the little sun thing, you know, would c- just come down while I'm driving. It was broken. Anyway, little things like that. And I got to the place where I deeply appreciated the car, like genuinely was grateful for it. We like loved the car. Even my girls, like they t- still tell me that they miss the Yukon. That's how, that's where we got. And you can do that with your business. You can genuinely appreciate your business no matter what level you're at. And when you appreciate your resources, that's when you become resourceful. You think about how to use them better. Um, The number of followers on Instagram, your email list, your current social media, even if you've never used your social media for business, you have a a network. Um, Your current connections, the ideas that are in your mind, it's all here. Everything that you need is within you. and, And even like externally, you have it. There is nothing missing. And as you grow, more will come and then you get more resources and so you can grow more, right? And that's the game. But the game starts with you witnessing how great you already have it. The fact that you can run an internet business. Do you know how blessed we are that we can run an internet business? Like this would blow people's minds a couple hundred years ago, even 150 years ago. (laughs) This was not available. You know what I mean? Like we are on the cutting edge of innovation and possibility of abundance, of opportunity, of service. Like I signed a client last year who was in India and I remember getting on the call with her and I was like, I never imagined this. And she's like, me neither. (laughs) And I was like, so grateful. Like I never thought I'd be a global coach. Surely you're in Canada. (laughs) Like it's freaking cool. You know, Susie, you're in Texas. Like like Kim, you're in Michigan, used to be in Minnesota. <laughs> like, this is crazy. And when I'm tuned into that, like, I love showing up. I don't care about, I, I get weird comments on my reel sometimes. My, my aunt thinks I build websites for people. That's what she thinks I do. <laughs> I'm good with it. I don't care because I'm tuned into the resources and the people and the sufficiency that is here. And that's the, that is the foundation of more is sufficiency right? One of my mentors who I mention a lot because she deeply impacted my life. Her name is Melanie Ann Lair. And in one of her programs, she said, wealth is built on in the cracks of an already full life. And that really hit me. It really hit me. It still does because nothing you can build from this point is going to, is going to fill in the cracks of the insufficiencies that you feel because they're not going to go away. If anything, you're going to get a magnifying glass and look at all the insufficiencies that you haven't worked on within yourself and within your life. And so to me, witnessing that I have everything that I need right now, I don't have to do anything. My life is already awesome. I'm, I'm free, right? Then it's, then it does get to be about fun and creation and play and what's possible. Not because I need it to work because I want to see if it does. I want to see what I'm capable of. That's a totally different experience than like, I have to do that. Or I'm going to not be good enough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I have to do this. Like, I feel that pressure. Like, and people are going to judge me if I don't do it. People are going to judge me. If, you know what I mean? We box ourselves in versus like, I'm just here to see what's possible. And there might be bumps. I'm good with that. That's part of the game. But 
I want to see what's possible. Um, and so I think when we witness that our needs are met, we don't have needs anymore. What do you want? That's why I asked that question in the very beginning. What do you want? You will create something very, very different. And you will have ideas and possibilities pop into your awareness that did not exist when you were in need, when you were in dire need for something to work, that, that, that desperation energy, you block all creativity because you're focused on predictability, right? You need it to work, you need certainty. And so when you can make peace with your life, whatever that is for you, whatever's coming to you right now as you're listening to this, I know that's really personal. For me, it was my car, my student loan debt. There was things that I had to make peace with and witness that, they all brought me to this moment where I can begin anew, right? Every moment is almost like a fresh, clean slate when we get present, just like I was explaining with the milk this morning. When I breathed in, I could decide how I wanted to clean this milk up. And so we played some music and we had fun and we giggled. Like it, it doesn't ha always happen that fast, but it did. I was almost in an immediately better headspace. And all of a sudden we're going on a drive down the canyon. We're putting our arms out the window, singing good mood from Paw Patrol. <laughs> like completely different experience than I woke up in because I got present enough to witness I have everything I need. Nothing is missing, nothing's wrong in this moment, even though it's the spilled milk, right? And they, the, I hope you see the metaphor for your business, the clients, the lack of clients, the clients that are defaulting on their payments, the person who ghosted you on the consult, the people who are watching you but never paying you. You can see that as lack or you can tune in to look at all the people who are in your orbit learning from you. Look at all the opportunities you have. This is an unfolding sequence. And you can be grateful for the unfolding of it or you can be pissed that it's not done yet. But either way, we live, the human lives in linear time. So you get to decide your experience of that. To me, I'm gonna drive down the canyon and have fun with my girls. I'm gonna show up for you guys. I'm gonna get on my client calls. I'm gonna love reading the books that I study to serve you better. I'm gonna love the insights and the coaching that I get. I'm gonna love when I look out my window and see like the light shining through the trees. You know what I mean? Like life is happening now. I love this sequence because when we get to the ultimate sequence that we think we want, guess what? The sequence just keeps going. There's gonna be something else that you want. And so it's not about speeding through the sequence. It's about enjoying each sequence and trusting and knowing there is an unfolding, there is an ultimate event, and then there will be another ultimate event and then another and then another, because that's the game of life. It's like you're playing Sims and you just create another house or you make a new relationship or you build another road. You know what I mean? This is online business. And the quicker you can get to this experience that I'm talking about now, deep sufficiency, in the uncertainty and the uncertainty, playing in predictability and possibility, both, where you're hopping between the three and you're just loving all of it. And you can even witness like the pain. I remember the first time I got an email, or I sent an email to my list, someone responded something kind of snarky to me and I'm a people pleaser. So every little tiny comment like hits me. And I remember just, I just like let go of the ego and I just looked at the thought that was living in me, which is like, she doesn't like me. And that really hurt kind of, you know, if you're a people pleaser, like that's, it kind of sucks. <laughs> and I breathed out and I just laughed. It's like, yeah, you know, this person has never paid me money. That's kind of interesting. There's probably a better coach for her than me. And then like, I was free. 
because I just witnessed it without any judgment. Like she has the right to say that to me and I have the right to be okay and just move on with my life. Like even things like that, even little thing, usually and it, what's funny is what we think is going to trip us up. Like what we're worried about happening is usually little stuff. Like what if, like for me, the beginning of my entrepreneurial journey was like, what if my mom's friend who's a therapist judges me for being a coach. That was like what I was worried about. You know, I'm not like worried about my kids dying or something. I'm worried about this one comment from this random lady on the internet. That's going to keep me stuck from my life's purpose, you know, but we do this. We like magnet magnify things because of our fear. We can suck the fear out and take our power back by playing a game, right? This is a game. This is your game. And so my hope is that you witness one, your own power that you get to play this unfolding sequence however you want to play it and in any given moment when you've lost the power when it's deflated or like I think of power almost like if you think about specks of light right you the power can be floating around in the room with that person on the internet with your coach with your peer with your competition with your grandma like or you can hold it in your body and that's like we're going to talk more about personal power I'm like giving you like a taste like a little bloop of what we're going to be talking about with personal power. But to me, navigating certainty and uncertainty, that's really what today was about, is like where uncertainty and certainty is, that you want uncertainty sometimes. And you want certainty. Like um, Tony Robbins teaches this really well. He has a whole, you can Google or YouTube this, Six Human Needs by Tony Robbins. Two of our human needs is certainty and uncertainty, aka variety, is how he would describe it. Some people wake up, my husband's one of these people, he wakes up and eats the same thing for breakfast every day. Say every day, same thing for breakfast. I wake up and I'm like, what sounds good to make? Do I wanna make pancakes with the girls? Do I wanna have cereal? Do I want a protein bar? Do I want a protein shake? Like I like the variety every day. And what's cool is, is the more that you get to know yourself, the more you get to see how this plays out in your business, right? Maybe I like posting at the same time every day. And that gives me that predictability. Maybe I just like posting when I feel like, and that feels like my power. Maybe I really like only one-on-one. Like you can see the endless possibilities of this, but that's that like the core of that is play, right? It's, it's your life. It's your video game. You get to decide. No one's over your shoulder saying you should post every day. You should only do one-on-one offers every day. Like this is the rule of the game. You are the rule maker of the game. And so you get to decide and you can check yourself based on that emotional scale where how it makes you feel. Um, because actually I missed this. Sorry, I have like little post-its. Help me keep on track. One of the, I'm gonna cap, go back just a second because this is important. When we ask ourselves, what should I do? Or what are they doing? We immediately take, take away our own power. We like totally give it away. Instead of what do I want to be doing? What feels good? What's of service? What is on my heart to say? What do I know that can benefit someone else? Those are such more, way more powerful questions and like, what is so-and-so doing? And, um, and yet we do this because that's where we get the certainty, right? We want certainty that we're working or that it's working. But this isn't like school. This is like trial and error, tweak, trial and error, tweak. And so you have to trust yourself and take action so that you can play the sequence out until you get the necessary wisdom to keep going. Okay. That's how I see entrepreneurship. So I have some homework for you guys. Um, since we're at the end of our time together, one, keep asking yourself what, and and even moment to moment, this might be a fun, fun experience for you. I recommend you do this. I've done this 
a few times when I feel stuck in a rut, I stop all my shoulds and to-do lists. And I just ask myself as often as I can remember or become aware of this question, what do I want to do right now? And sometimes it's for my business and sometimes it's not. And you'd be surprised how often the answers that you come up with are just predictability. Like it's 10 a.m. This is the time I go on my walk. But if you ask yourself, do I want to? You might notice some chatter. And that's where there's a lot of intelligence there for you as well. Like, well, why do you go on your walk at 10 a.m. for this random example that I just pulled out of nowhere? <laughs> why do you feel the need to blink? Do you want to? My workouts have gotten better do asking this question because when I do my workouts out of like, I should do my workouts, they're usually kind of crappy. But when I remember like, I want to feel my body alive. I have a totally different experience when I like, and I remind myself even more of this call. I never feel like my calls are like a should or a checklist because I want to be here. I am exercising my agency really powerfully here. And that's where your power is, is an agency. It's not in what you should do. It's in what do you want to do? And so spend time asking yourself, like, what do I want to do? Maybe it's take a bath in the middle of the day. Maybe it's go live on Instagram and share something. Maybe it's make an offer, but maybe it's read a book. Like, I don't know, but play. And um, the next question that I want you to consider is what's a better feeling thought? And you're going to notice that some thoughts are available to you. And some thoughts won't be available to you depending on where you're on the scale. And that's okay. We're not judging it. We're just looking for a better feeling thought. That's an Abraham Hicks teaching. So maybe you're in the shower and you're like, I'm going to listen to some music while I'm in the shower because that sounds very divine and fun. And then you're like in the shower and the, the hot water feels so good. And you're like, what's a better feeling thought here? Like, what if I got out of my shower and like someone had booked a consult? That feels really fun. Let that go. What else feels like it? A really fun thought like maybe I will make myself my favorite meal tonight that sounds really fun Bing, let it go right we're just reaching for thoughts holding them they feel good and then letting them go that's a really powerful practice to be in because when we get attached to it then we want to know when and how and who instead of just holding a thought and letting it go the next the last piece is to appreciate and this is this is what the conversation was about sufficiency appreciate what you are see like this is what's cool this is why i love quantum play because if you can appreciate what you already have those are the seeds of what you want to create and i'm going to give you an example of that if you can appreciate your current network right now even if they're not paying you if you can appreciate them and love them and send them love and light those people will develop into the people who will pay you because you appreciate it and serve them so much but you're looking if you look at it through linear time you're going to be frustrated and feel lack. But if you witness that some of those people are going to pay you a lot of money in the future and love your work and shout your praises to the world, can you love them and honor them now? Right? If you want to buy a new car in the future, can you love and appreciate the car you have now? Because that's what's going to take you from point A to point B until you buy that new car. Right? This can be applied to relationships, followers, clients, money, everything. You have to see the seed of what is and what it's going to become. It's like, kind of like, can you appreciate the oak tree, but can you also appreciate the acorn? Because that's like the same thing. And if you can nurture and take care of the acorn, it will, it will grow. This is what's available. And what's fun is it totally changes your experience of the linear time, the sequence of unfolding events happening. You get to enjoy the process. You get to feel freedom now. You get to have fun and elation now. 
You get to celebrate with your loved ones now because that's that's the reality that you choose to live in. So those are your homework. Um, I'll share those in the email um, so that you can have it kind of in written. Let this sink in. And the beginning of this call, or not this call, just this whole program I talked about an opening, there's gonna be things that come to you that have nothing to do with what I said. And that's way more powerful than what I say. You know what I mean? What's coming to you for you is really, really important. So I hope you pay attention to it. Take note of it if it comes up in a place that you want to journal or whatever, but really pay attention to what's coming up within you. That's the opening that I'm talking about. And that's what's way more interesting than anything that I know or anything that I say. What does it mean for you? That's that's the gold. Okay, thank you for showing up at night, you guys. I appreciate it. And I will see you on Wednesday for our next call at 2 p.m. We'll continue the conversation then. All right, bye. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Coaching Matrix private podcast. I just wanted to tell you, thank you for being a member. Thank you for being here. I hope you found today's episode helpful for your life and for your business. And I want you to know that I am cheering you on and I will see you in another episode. Bye.